You're listening to ND Fan Radio on One Foot Down, part of the SB Nation family of blogs. To keep my hands on myself. Mighty fine day to you, sir. ND Fan Radio is back on One Foot Down, the One Foot Down podcast. I am Irish Titanus at Irish Titanus on Twitter. To my left, my brother riding shotgun. Good evening. At Indy McFly. Riding bitch, cousin JJ. <laughs> Yard points. Uh, in the, he's in the back of the uh, of the old Buick Ultra station wagon, facing backwards. Facing backwards. <laughs> there's no seatbelts back here. Dude, there there back, are no seatbelts. No seatbelts. There's like a there's a McDonald's fry that's basically three months old, but it has no rod on it because it's a McDonald's <laughs> fry. So you just you're like back there with a crayon and a fry. Give him some Dramamine Face and, it, and, facing hope, and hope that a Ford Bronco doesn't come. Yeah, barreling right. in, right? Exactly, barreling in fender first, right at your face. Right in the there back. There you go. All do you right. Even, do you even claim me as relation at this point, or we do? I guess. I mean, we still call you cousin JJ. Uh, you are our cousin. That's hot truth. That's hot truth. What else is hot truth? Notre Dame's beat down a no- of. Uh, I think you, it was USC. USC. Yeah. I almost said North Carolina, maybe because USC was uh, so tattered with injuries. Maybe not. It seemed about the same. I don't yeah. know. Forty-nine to fourteen. Wow. Got to feel good about that. Notre Dame's up to f- number four in Sagarin. Number four I'm in okay Sagarin. I'm okay to go. I mean, we're basically in the... Uh, hype train. Choo-choo. Th- listen, Sagarin's not hype train. That's math, baby. I, I, I'm excited. I'm, the, I'm on the train. The craziest thing about Sagarin is they're ranked above Georgia right now. Yeah. I think Georgia's fifth. And it's basically on strength of schedule. But look, BC keeps winning. Uh, Michigan State keeps winning. How do you know exactly how margin of victory plays into? Well, the, the that one that I look at is a synthesis of three. So there's the original BCS component. There's another one. The second one does take in margin of victory, and then there's a third one which weights the recent games heavier than the other than okay. the other. So in the in the one I look at is the synthesis of those three. Yeah, as a tiny tidbit, you know, a lot of people want to point to the Georgia loss and say, okay, Notre Dame's not undefeated. It's a little bit cut and dry, but nobody nobody's got within three touchdowns of Georgia yet. Now they have a lot of games. Has left anybody to play, got within three touchdowns of Notre Dame? Gosh, I mean, Georgia. I mean, that's it. I mean, the closest other margin of victory I believe for Georgia was 21 points, and they have some that are like up in the 40s. It's just silly, but hype train all aboard. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, <laughs> let's <laughs> let's quickly <laughs> run down <laughs> the stats <laughs> because my brother here is kind of a Sagarin disciple, but some of the more traditional folk. I'm the old man. Like I, I got, I need my, I need my paper. I need to read. What's my, it say in the paper? What does the Associated Press say, son? I don't need your newfangled algorithm. Um, Notre Dame uh, skyrockets to number nine. Skyrockets in flight. Number nine in the AP. Notre Dame is number ten AP in the coaches poll. They are number five in the ESPN FPI. I don't even know what is that. Some sort fake, of man- fake, fake players fake index. Poll index. <laughs> what is that? Some sort of manufactured thing. PhD. Play a hate. They're degree? number five. They're number ten. They're number nine. They're number four in Sagarin. What do you? I mean, what do you? What? S and P plus. If you like advanced statistics, people have told us why would you guys follow yard points? You need advanced statistics. They're number ten in S and P plus. Okay. Cousin J. Cousin JJ, what do you think, man? Is this uh, is this the real deal? We look pretty darn good. In fact, I ooh, I would go as far as to say that was the best coach game in Brian Kelly's history ever. Ooh, at least at Notre Dame. At Notre ever. Dame, e word ever. Really, best ever. Better than Oklahoma in 2012. Best you think? ever. Absolutely, best without a doubt. Game ever. I don't. How could you possibly say that? Because you don't even know if USC is a ranked team until the season finishes. So. 
I just had to say that if you recall our debate about you not calling a team ranked until the season's over. They can't see my face right now, but uh, it's it's just utter shame and and all. I mean, if USC could slide, I mean, I don't they mean could that absolutely guy, crater. I, well, they're going to start to obviously. I mean, they this could go six and loss. six, and then it's like, okay, we killed them, but they're six and six. I mean, look, regardless how USC finishes, it feels great to kick the shit out of them, right? Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. you can't take that away. I mean, even if it was like a three and nine Michigan team and you obliterate them, you still feel good about that. And mm-hmm. you will still feel good about this USC win. Absolutely. I mean, I can't, I mean, between Miami, Florida State, Michigan, and USC, there's not much more I dislike more in this world. Not much. I'm the same way. And other than Miami, you got Florida State being down. Michigan loses essentially the same margin that Notre Dame beats USC. That's a whole nother podcast that we don't, we're not going to do. But, Michigan's down and they got drubbed and then Notre Dame USC it's just like everything everything I hate is sinking to the bottom of the ocean this is great like I I, it's I don't know let me ask you guys this though the game was very impressive it's a huge rival they they whip on USC but let's let's just say hypothetically Notre Dame actually wins by a touchdown but they still had the same amount of rushing yards are you more blown away that it was just USC and it was ranked and it was at night and the margin was so big in terms of points are are you continually impressed with what Notre Dame's doing as a rushing team? I, I, yes, I mean the 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 rushing is impressive. Here here's the the thing that's hard for me. There's a lot of talk about Adams for Heisman right now, and people compare like Barkley's stats and Adams' stats and whoever stats and. I don't know. I mean, I don't even know what the hell the the Heisman means anymore. To be honest with you. Well, yeah. But, but I think, it, and and this is not a knock on Josh Adams because I think he's doing a phenomenal job. I mean, the guy's just he's doing everything he's been asked to do. But I also feel like the line is blocking so well. When this on Twitter, they show a screenshot of like when he hits the hole on that 84-yard run up the middle, okay? Yeah. The, the, the hole was six six yards wide, and there was nobody there. Right. So as, for as great as Josh Adams is, and I think he's great, at the same time, do you feel like it, it kind of diminishes his accomplishments somewhat when you see these 50, 60, 70, 80? Now, some of them he's had stiff arms. Some of them he's put moves on guys. The the ninety five yarder against Wake Forest or whatever last year, and he you know stiff arms and face plants the guy, but but does it really take? That's what I'm asking. I mean, how much should you really put into it when a guy runs through a hole that's 10, 10 feet wide and there's nobody there? No. Well, let me first address that that question about yards after contact during the, the broadcast. One of you can pull it up while we're talking here. Um, he was averaging I think over six yards a carry on the season after after first contact. It was it was one of the highest in the country. So I mean, yeah, he's hitting big holes but Josh Adams has just been a beast unreal I can't speak highly enough about the guy back to your question about the rushing game what I was so impressed with is the fact that USC had I know they've had some injuries but they've had similar talent to Georgia and my biggest complaint all year is like great we're blowing out the the little teams but we're not touching Georgia we only ran 120 yards versus Michigan State or whatever the number was and we came out against a team with ninth ranked talent Georgia was eighth and we we blew them out of the water regardless of anything else Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I could not be more impressed. Cousin JJ could not be more impressed. They were they were absolutely manhandled in the I, trenches. And I know that he likes the talent stuff, and that's fine as an as an overall appraisal of a of a team. But Brian Van Gorder had excellent talent on his on his defenses too, and they were complete garbage. I mean, that's my only point. I don't know if Pendergrass is terrible or not. But it's like, okay, USC has talent, but uh, but a roster of five-star wide receivers doesn't do shit for you when Mike McGlinchey and Quentin Nelson are blowing you five yards backwards. That's my only point, and that's, that's not to knock them in this game at all. Trust me, I am super, super happy. I mean, I, I am thrilled. The RTD, hashtag RTDB cup overfloweth for me. But let's not pretend like this was a good USC rush defense either. But Clay, Clay Hilton's been there for three years. I look at the head coach, and I'm not breaking it down to assistants and whatever else. And Clay Hilton's won 72.1 percent of his games you know since he's been there and he's been there three years so it's not like he's a first year head coach or unproven the guy's won a ton of football games um and so i 
I think it's a huge accomplishment, honestly. I think it's a combination of all of it. I think the coaching is phenomenal. The line is playing. Look, earlier this year, you said, my brother said, this is this could be one of the top five lines in the country. Yeah, and, and for we, sure. And, and we Cousin had, JJ said they sucked. And we had some incredulous response. Against Georgia, they did suck. But here's the thing. And I also when, said USC's line is garbage. I've been saying it for three right, weeks, and right. they were. But here's Both what, sides. Here's what I think you're getting at with Josh Adams. He is so he's not I don't want to say he's entirely dependent on the line but like this this is, doesn't happen without this he, line that hole in particular that big play and some of the other big runs he has been untouched that's the reality and as far as the Heisman thing here's the thing he's not he's just not dynamic I mean that, he's, that's, that, he's that's not a play thing. he's not a playmaker that, that, that's, that's the issue I think when, when people need to understand is that Adams is very straight line. He does have some moves. I mean, he listen, he's a great back. I love Josh Adams. I the, They're a vastly uh, superior team having him on the roster. There's absolutely no question about it. But why do people clamor for Dexter Williams? Why do people love seeing Saquon Barkley? You know, why do, does everybody always want to see, you know, the, the Greg Bryants of the world when you got Cam McDaniel? You know, it's like right, because right. the guys are, expl- you know, not only explosive, but they're dynamic in the way that they move. Yeah. Adams is dynamic to a degree, but it's a little bit different. And, and because he's big and he's kind of hunched over and he's not doing the, the jiggy jump cuts all over the place and he's very straight line, not to say he's not strong, not to say he can't run through people or get yards after contact, but you don't see the same level of moves. And I think that's what sort of alters the perception well, of Adams a it, little absolutely. bit. And that's what's going to keep him, out, I think, out of a legitimate Heisman run. And you know what? I would rather have who he is than have somebody that's flashy. Look, Lamar well, J- As look, a function of this team, look, Ronald Jones is flashy. Ronald Jones is talented as hell as a running back. I think Ronald Jones has more yards in his career than Adams does, which is kind of surprising because I've never looked at USC as some running running juggernaut either. The difference is Ronald Jones runs behind a garbage line. Right. You right. know? And it, you know, there, and, I think and when you're putting moves to get three yards instead yeah. of when your move is at your fifth yard to break it for 18, right. kind of a different story. I think the reality is in college football, you have some running backs that hit the hole too fast, if that's such a thing. I think you have guys that are trying to go back to high school in their mind where they think they can just switch fields. Josh Adams never switches the field like that. Well, he runs to the to the right three yards until the hole opens up, and then it's just a right angle but and he's, straight down the field. You but know he's, what I'm saying? He's so controlled. He's so opportunistic. No, it's great. I mean, it's, it's exactly what they need. He's just the smartest, exactly, biggest it, running it's back. It's exactly what Notre Dame needs. So, yes, Absolutely. I mean, the running game is great. And I don't think you could talk about the running game in general without bringing up Brandon Wimbush. He's not the most polished passer. The guy threw for under 50% in this game. Yet again. But the guy's got 100 yards rushing. And you see the 84-yarder. USC's got a guy committed to basically spying Wimbush. If, you, if you've if you got people that are paranoid about Wimbush breaking loose on you, that takes guys out of the box or takes guys away from Adam. So it, as a function of Wimbush's feet, it's invaluable. It's invaluable to this team, and it's, in, it's enabling what Adams is doing. Absolutely. Yeah, no doubt. I know it was only 9-19, but his QBR was 79.4, which is actually excellent. And if you look at the national rankings right now, the top 10 quarterbacks, the, the 10th ranked is 80.6. 80. Uh, Jalen Hurts is 80.0. I mean, for the season, um, Wimbush is low 70s, but if he can pull a 79.4, that dog will hunt, okay? I'm telling you, that dog can can make us an extremely competitive football team. And I was really impressed with some of the passes that he did make, some of the deep balls that we haven't seen this year. Uh, again, couldn't be more impressed across the board. Yeah, well, and here's the thing with Wimbush. Like, Notre Dame has has logically pulled him back to where they're not going to ask him to do that 41-attempt game. Nor That's not going to happen. Nor should, should they, they ever. And if, if I've got one nit to pick right now, it's just that – I'm so happy with where Notre Dame is right now. I was one of the most, if not the most vocal person, negative, fire Brian Kelly. This guy's a bum. He can't adapt. I mean, I was in such a bad place last year, and I got to eat some of my words on that. I mean, no doubt, right? But also, I can't, uh, in my head, I have a hard time processing or reconciling. Like, God, you know, this is the eighth year now for this guy. Mm-hmm. How much better could his tenure have been? If he didn't, if it didn't take him so long to figure some of the stuff. Now, I'm not saying you need to be only a run team, right? Despite my my love for Navy, 
I'm not. I, yes, I, it would be great if Wimbush was a better passer. But think of how many times they've had in, inexperienced guys where they could have leaned, done, yeah. had an exact game plan like this, and they didn't. And that shit still drives me nuts. Well, but I think that's what we criticized last year. Really, you guys did. I wasn't on much last year, but um, talking Thankfully. about. Yeah. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> come on. Oh, it's you a, weren't. I, I, you, you didn't get the text. Guys, or? Duke. Duke doesn't have the same talent level that we do. No, well, no, no, no shit. Listen, I'm saying, <laughs> we're talking. We're talking about. We're talking about the coaching staff. What I said was last. One of the biggest frustrations you guys talked about, and I've talked about this year, was how could Brian Kelly keep Van Gorder last year? I mean, every every statistic in, in, pointed that he should have been gone. And if Van Gorder was gone last year, maybe we would have gone seven and five instead of four and eight. Yeah, yeah. maybe. I mean, look, I mean, you, inexplicable. You can't not uh, look very hard at the defense. I mean, the the defense alone. If if the offense wasn't putting up points, the defense alone would make it fun to watch Notre Dame football again sure, this year. Sure. It would be fun. But at the same time, you know, you can protect the defense. Now, they don't need to that much this year. I mean, hell, USC got the ball, and like they were like first first and 10 from like the 12-yard line or something. Then they got a penalty. I think they were first and goal from the 3-yard line and came away with no points. That's right. crazy. I yeah, mean, they no, had like fantastic. six snaps from inside the 15 and came away with no that points. That was 2012-S. And that's awesome. At the same time, couldn't Zaire have run this same type of game plan last year? No, I'm just saying. You don't think so? Don't roll your eyes at me. It, it, the way that Wimbush is passing now, oh yeah, Zaire yeah, yeah, could have right. done this yeah. same thing. Absolutely, and they and they had qualified offensive linemen, but they just they could never commit to it. Right, and he had the legs. They could never commit to it. Sure, and yeah, it's it's great when to every it's flashy to see Deshaun Kaiser launch to Will Fuller, who can just outrun everybody. But that didn't win football games. What they're doing now wins football games. Oh, absolutely. Now it's greatly aided by a defense that can actually stop people. Don't get me wrong. But I, you know, I'm happy that they got to this point. Yeah. But I'm okay. also so frustrated that it took so long to get to this point. But that's the new coach, right? He brought in this new coach with the new offense. The offense is so much fun to watch. It reminds me of an old Oregon or Clemson last year. I mean, it's so much fun. It's it's run first, power running offense, but it's in the spread, and it's and it's awesome. And that's what's kind of that's what's changed this year in the offense. It's been amazing. Yeah, really the nice. running is actually very creative. Okay, let's get a little bit back onto the script here, recalculating with you two. Um, bef- I would be remiss if I didn't throw out a couple of these running stats because I do think they're somewhat mind-blowing. Notre Dame is the number six running team in the country. They are averaging 318 yards per game. That's 20 yards per game more than Alabama. That's 60 yards per game more than Stanford. Josh Adams averages 138 yards per game, and as as has been noted on Twitter, he sat out a lot of quarters. He's a top-five running back no matter how you slice it. He has a 9.2 average yards per carry. He has eight touchdowns. Uh, Notre Dame's yards per carry is number two in the country. We have 28 rush touchdowns. It's insane. They're tied for number two in the country. As we move forward, let's go back to what my brother was mentioning when he said, what would the past have been like if Brian Kelly committed? Well, I did some archival listening today with some of our old podcasts. Look at you. First of all... Some of you may have seen. Where did you find those archive park podcasts? Uh, I found them on SoundCloud, available at your at your nearest smartphone uh, for free. SoundCloud. So I I reference in my timeline. You'll see where I was way ahead of the curve on Josh Adams, and I was talking about how I thought he should have been the feature back over so, Folston. I remember so that. So you can listen to that. You can also listen to my brother in a podcast talking about how the last ten national champions. This is before last season, mind you. The last ten national champions all averaged sixty percent run selection in their offenses. They all had at least a 60-40 run-to-pass mm-hmm. split in terms of play selection. Let's quickly run down Brian Kelly's tenure, and I'm going to give you the percentage of plays that were runs in Brian Kelly's tenure. See if you can pick out any that you think stand out. In 2010, he had 46% of his plays were runs. In 2011, 48%. 2012, 57%. 2013, 51%. 2014, 51%. 2015, 56 2016, 53. Guess what it is this year thus far? 62. 62%. You are very correct. Uh, 62% so far is is the run selection. I'm not saying that this team's going to jump into the playoff or jump into the national championship, but for the first time this many games in, Brian Kelly has turned his team into what the de facto national champion has looked like in terms of offensive selection. I think the jury's still out on whether or not he was so somewhat forced because of what he discovered he had in terms of the receivers, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The cat's out of the bag, and they still are able to run over a team like USC, which is mind-blowing. 
300 and some yards rushing in, in a game like this. It's 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 just fantastic no matter how you slice it. But I, I think it's really interesting that Kelly, let me put it this way, what we talked a lot about on this podcast was the only way that Kelly's ever going to do anything is if he completely changes the nature of who yeah, he is. which nobody had and, faith that he would do it. And, and to be so fair, far he's done it. To yep. be fair, he's moved more than five percentage points in terms of play selection this just this year from his highest ever, which, oh, by the way, got him into the national title game. Yeah. I know they had a great defense, and they have a great defense this year, but the highest he ever selected run, they went to the national championship. He's beating that by five percentage points in terms of selection. Well, I think it's really compelling. Well, and I know so many people you know, will say, well, you know, teams run the ball because they're winning. Not, you know, okay, not, maybe. But they weren't winning in 2012. They weren't blowing people yeah. out in 2012. They were winning close games in 2012, and they were relying on the run, and they were also relying and, on the defense. And here's the thing, like, I mean, but those like, if you look runs. at Georgia, they were like 50-50 pass, you know, it was like 39 pass attempts, 37 rush attempts. Yeah, I mean, they could have completed some more passes, and that might have been the difference in the game. They also could have probably run the ball more and not gone three and out a couple of times, yeah. and that would have been the difference in the game, too. And that wasn't a game where they were vastly behind where they had to pass. They chose to pass. And I think if you ask most Notre Dame fans what's the worst game plan Notre Dame's had this year, it's probably a Georgia game. Sure, which is re- which is really tragic as you look back on it. I just want to say, especially for us on this podcast, I think it's fair to say, call it Kelly 2.0, whatever you want to say, Nobody believed that Kelly was going to get over this hump, whatever it might be, unless he really, really changed his stripes. And I just think it's fair to say that as long as the play selection looks like this moving forward, this is not this is not a Brian Kelly offense. It's just not. It's not what we've and, seen at least for why, seven and, years And that's straight. why it's great. Now, there were points of that USC game where they got cute. Tony Jones Jr. had an awesome run up the middle, and then they call these two goofy screens left yeah, and right, back right. and forth, and they tried some tricky stuff. I mean, you know, they're all so he d- d- deep down inside somebody, whether it's Chip Long or Brian Kelly, I mean, they always want to throw some of those kitschy Listen, passes. Who in doesn't there. get drunk on power? I mean, if you hit two shots in a basketball game, what do you do? You yeah, go out I'm to the three, three point yeah, land. Exactly. Come and on. look, and when you're up twenty eight to nothing on your hated rival, like I, I don't have an issue with that necessarily. No, no, no. You know, at they're all. not relying on. But I think not only is that a proven formula that that's a national championship winning formula with that run pass mix, but also say this, I think it goes a little bit deeper than that and why this is even the most, let's ask cousin JJ, even the most hardened of hearts <laughs> against Brian Kelly, right? Even the, the most staunch critics over the last couple of years. And, and some of, some of those people are sitting at this table right now, right? You're like, this guy will never change this grab baggy offense, the small timey, whatever you want to whatever your dig was on Brian Kelly, and I think a lot of it was valid. And there was no reason to believe that the guy would adapt because he had never done it before. He had never done it. I mean, there was no reason to believe that he would change. But you have to say, at least it looks like they've changed. And even the most hardened of hearts against Brian Kelly, do, don't they at least have to accept that this looks different? This definitely looks different. I agree, 100%. And, and the, for us to come out and beat down a team with that kind of talent – it's just it's unprecedented, unprecedented in Brian Kelly's tenure. Unprecedented, unprecedented. I mean, on the rest of the schedule, no one even touches USC's talent in the remaining schedule. We don't don't be sighing on hashtag me. talent points. Talent points. Hashtag no, 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 no. No, this is really encouraging, guys. I mean, what I'm saying is, if we come out and look like we did. We have a ch- like I oh my gosh I don't even want to say this do we have a chance of running the table dude they sh- dude they're number f- they're outrank they outrank everybody else left on the schedule let, let by a mile let me say in this Zagarin. by a mile and I said last week two weeks ago they already outranked the rest of the teams in their schedule they were ranked higher than Southern Cal look at this they should have been listen yeah. I am cautiously optimistic I could not be more excited about what's happening with how our come program. you're J- Jim how come you're not pissed that USC had three hundred and 30, whatever the hell. Th- yeah, we gained them like a ton. We did. Yeah, but if you look at yard points, they should. <laughs> Stop it. Look, if you look L- at total listen, yards, listen to it, me. Should, it would have been 33 to 49. That's Stop, a lot closer, Stop Jim. It. Stop it. In yard points, they had three, 330 yards. We only outgained them by by 160, Jim. That's I, not very much. Maybe, maybe I'm converting to scoring offense and scoring defense. If you look at scoring offense and scoring defense, 
Cousin Martin. We are 12th in scoring defense and 11th in scoring offense. That Again, those dogs will hunt, yeah, man. That's, that's, that's good news. I mean, we're, we're in the running. And we are still further down in, in total defense, which is yardage. But if you that look— That gap at, will close. However— I promise. But if you look at the box score, one of the arguments I made when we had this discussion was Notre Dame is playing an interesting, efficient brand of football. Look at the time of possession. Now, let's just take this at face value here. When a team runs for 377 rushing yards and their opponent runs for— 76? Is that real? Is this real life? Notre Dame has 301 more rushing yards. Mind you, when you run the ball, the clock continues to roll. Notre Dame, yet again, has much less time of possession than their but opponent, we, I, and they're running. I went over this two weeks ago, I think it was. Their scoring drives are like a minute and a half Agreed. on average. And, and, and look when what else? you rip off 84 yards and in what, one play, and of how, course it's going to be like where that. Where else did the yard points debate go to? Yeah, when I talked that's, about That's the other debunker of the yard produce, points. You got turnovers, they got three. They lost three, two fumbles and threw a pick. And Cousin JJ, let me stop you before you say it. You can't guarantee that. But a three turnover margin they, and big plays, now look, they, you can do a lot of they, good things. USC is as prone of coughing the ball up as of late. If you look at Darnold's last couple of games, he's basically the white Everett Golson at this point. Exactly. Let, let me let me calm the slobber fest down just a hair. Okay, <laughs> this is like this is getting a lot of control. My my point kids is, are in the basement. Kids turn are in the, the turn the lights on. Slobber fest. Yeah. Hand checked. <laughs> I, listen, I want us to win the national championship this year. Playing like we did, we can go to the the, the playoff. It can happen. What I'm saying is. Brian Kelly has burnt me, burnt us as a as a as a fan base against ranked teams for years. What he did in that game was unbelievable, and he give credit where credit is due. He has his chance to win me over and a lot of the diehards like myself because we're playing a lot of ranked teams. We're playing Miami, we're playing Stanford, and if we can beat those teams, Today you hear Kelly's voice. If if he can win those games, yeah, yes, exactly right. If he can win those games, then he can prove that he's turn the corner they got but, but listen usc could crater could they not they could and they probably will and, and who would be this table would be shocked if we dropped to nc state i'm not saying it's gonna happen i'm not predicting well, nc it. state's a way better run defense well, let than me, usc you, so, let me let me so, help you calm down the slobber fest i just told you that notre dame's defensive thing if you will is predicated upon turnover margin and they have very efficient big plays on offense guess which team is number one in the country in turnovers and, and what I mean is, guess which team in the entire nation has turned the ball over the least in seven games? NC State. Guess how many turnovers they have in seven games? Three. Yes, they Two. have three turnovers in seven games. You want to talk about testing whether or not the defense can produce a turnover? Now, mind you, Notre Dame is third in the country. In the country. In takeaways? Enforced fumbles. Yeah, that's great. Does this warm? Did you see Drew Tranquil come in? Did you know my third and fourth grade teams in the playoff? Dude, because we do the How same thing. How many forced fumbles did I you have? I teach third graders at. Four? How many did you have in this your last game? game yeah. Two. Two forced fumbles. Pick. We had five the week before that. There is going to be somebody. Good coaches understand that. Brian Mangorder doesn't. Let's make a prediction right now. The team that stays like what they've been in that stat is probably the team that's going to win the game. If North Carolina State does not turn the ball over at all, I think Notre Dame has a really tough time. I really do. But if Notre Dame can force turnovers and win the margin, I think they're in great shape because that's how they've done it all year. I think that's a really interesting stat to watch out for. But again, I'm mind blown that a team can run the ball 377 yards. And yes, the big plays are there. This is USC. This is USC. When Notre Dame did it in 2012, they had huge time of possession gains. They, they, USC had the ball for four extra minutes compared to Notre Dame, and they ran it for four football fields. It's crazy to me the I, way they're producing this. I mean, I, he's raising his hand <laughs> like a third. I'm raising grader. my hand. Hey, I want my turn, guys. I want my turn. <laughs> Sit on your carpet square. Uh, again, all I'm saying is, I based on past experience, based on the numbers, I think it's more likely that we drop two or three to Miami, NC State, and Stanford. Well, didn't you tell us happens? last no. week they were going to go one and four against ranked teams based on? I, I thought they would. Yeah, I thought they and would. They might, they well, I, hey, listen, guys, I was wrong on that. Here's the thing. I was wrong. Here's the thing for me. There's so much of this year so far is like this is like reconciliation or like restitution for 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 past wrongs with me with Brian Kelly. If if you you know that you gave us a four and eight shit sandwich. You owe us something <laughs> much you're better. The guy, you're the guy in Goonies grabbing the coins. A pound of flesh. Well, this one's, this one's mine. mine. I'm taking it back. I'm taking them all back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, um, no, I've not heard anybody say this, but this has been on my mind for the last day and a half. This was the exact same score of Notre Dame USC in 2014. Really? The, the exact same score. Really? Yeah. USC hmm. 49, Notre Dame 
14. Zaire, Golson, Mess, they were injured. It was a train wreck. 35 you, zip at halftime. Yeah, I believe. it was it was the ex- almost the exact same game. Mm-hmm. It was a it was manslaughter. Yeah. Out in the Coliseum. Right. This is the exact same game. We're even now. These cancel each other out. The positive and the negative for me, they cancel each other out. I mean, right. I'm, I'm for me, I'm just writing past wrongs at this point. And that, which is okay. Because had those things not been rectified, I'd still be a miserable prick yeah. like I was on the podcast last year. Right. And I'm at least starting to get over that. But I think we need this can't this can't turn into two or three more losses here at, towards the end of the year because that wipes out so much good at the beginning of this year. No, I it agree. Just, it does for me. So let's go back to this concept here. Cousin JJ, I'll start with you. Is, is this hands down, without a doubt, unequivocally, is this Brian Kelly's best win at Notre Dame thus far? Absolutely, 100% his best whenever. Uh, the only other game I think you could argue would be the win against at Oklahoma in 2012, the year we went to the national championship. And at halftime, the game was 10-6. to So it was much closer. I mean, it was a hard-fought game. We ended up pulling away uh, in the fourth quarter with 20 points. Um, but I have never seen a Brian Kelly team come out with a team with that much talent, being ranked, and just and just pistol whoop him, man. Just yeah. beat him like the Otis money. It was unbelievable. A little more color on that Oklahoma game. O- Your Oklahoma- Reds do, mother... <laughs> Oklahoma was five and one. Um, That's my money pump. <laughs> Oklahoma was five and one in that game, and they had beaten number fifteen Texas that year. If you recall, a couple weeks prior, they had beaten Texas, who was ranked number 15, 63 to twenty one. That game was on the road, which was interesting. How many rush yards did Notre Dame allow in that game? Guess under a hundred. Fifteen rushing 15, yards on twenty four carries. Yeah, was a who's their back? Do you know? Although Notre Dame did... Uh, that was before uh, Samaje Ryan, right? Yes, that was before. Uh, Notre, uh, Oklahoma kind of torched him in passing. They had 364 passing, but 15 yards rushing. Um, and again, back in that game, Notre Dame was doing the slow control thing. Notre Dame had a five-minute uh, time of possession advantage in that game. What do you guys... This this is I threw this one in there just kind of randomly. What do you, where do you guys think the Clemson 15 game? Do you think that ranks high in Brian Kelly's performance? I know they lost the game. 2015? No, I'll never rank a loss in high performance. Really? Ever. No, no matter what. Because winners win. Winners win and saying? losers lose, that's why. Well, I just want to throw a little bit of color onto that one I'm as a winner, well. man. Notre Dame had 136 more yard points in that game, if you recall, which I had mentioned. Notre Dame overcame a three-touch... Three, <laughs> I, hate, I hate you guys. A three-turnover mark. Come on, that that's a win in your book, <laughs> I just, right? I just, 136 I just yard snorted. points. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, Notre gosh, Dame, oh my gosh. Notre Dame had five... Lord's name in vain, not cool, man. Notre Dame had five more first downs than Clemson in that game. Clemson eventually went to the national championship, oh, by the way, and lost to Alabama 45-40 that year. But I think that was the most hostile environment that Notre Dame ever yeah, went that into. Yeah, was. That was rocking. And, and they really showed up in that game, and I just think it was, it was really one of Kelly's best performances. Yes, albeit a loss. So, you know... You guys want to move into this into this cowherd thing? Do you want me to do you want me to roll into that? Because I think it's we can kind of pull back we, to we macro. I just I, I we all saw what happened in this game. I, I want to say a couple more things just about this win and this season so far for me at least. Again, I'm 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 still trying to cancel out so many negatives that I've had the last couple you know the last couple years and yeah. and, and some of them have been. You know, like in 2015, uh, Notre Dame went 10 and three, and they lost to the three good teams they played. I mean, if they, they were one and four or one and three against uh, ranked teams that year, yeah. So, I mean, if they can you know, produce a similar record this year and actually beat teams that matter, I mean, that's a step in the right direction. If you can back up a four and eight season with a 10 and two or 11 and 11 and two, something something to that nature, that I mean, I think that wipes away a lot of sins it, for it me. Abs- it absolutely does, and I'm treating this this game kind of like the Notre Dame players do. I'm celebrating it. I'm enjoying it. Best win in Brian Kelly's history, but I'm I'm prepping for next week. I'm ready for NC State. I want to see if we can do this over and over and be consistent, beat decent teams with decent talent, beat some ranked teams, and keep this momentum going. So again, cautiously optimistic, celebrating the win, but but I'm I'm pumping the brakes. I'm going to wait and see, have a wait and see attitude. Well, and I think we can tie this in, I guess, to what Cowherd was saying. I, if, if I guess I can cue it up and play it for anybody that hasn't heard it yet. It's if a, you want, you can. Are you just going to like? Yeah, I'll drop it in here. Give me a okay. second. But I mean, and and I think this sort of ties into what JJ said too. I mean, like we're running the ball well, we're doing a lot of things, but we are kind of one dimensional at this point. Cowherd's guy, he's got his 
a take on that and we'll, yeah. you a, know. We'll, a, a nuclear we'll, warhead's pretty one-dimensional too. I mean, come on. <laughs> Let, let's say this. I don't think any of us need to necessarily dispatch Colin Cowherd, the person and the take. I mean, he's a total USC homer. The guy didn't even wait the standard, you know, 24, 48 hours before getting his irritated, I'm a fan of the other team, so I'm going to throw out a hot take kind of thing. Like, but I am interested in the concept itself. What he said, I think, is a very interesting topic. I see a lot of people going straight at Colin Cowherd on Twitter, and I'm not trying to do that. It's not about him and the fact that, you know, he was a little bit ill-informed and he's a USC homer. I'm not talking about that, but let's let's talk about what he actually is saying and, and see if it's something that's alarming. Okay, I got this thing queued up. Let's let's just take this kind of piece by piece. We don't need to go super in depth. We're not going to do a ton of research or anything like that. But I just want we'll play this for anybody that hasn't heard it, and, and let's just sort of look at these things piece by piece and try to assess: Does he actually have a point, yeah. or is this just hot takeness? And again, it's not so much like, "Hey, Colin Cowherd." A lot of people have an opinion about Colin Cowherd, but I think as a Notre Dame fan, this is kind of a let's just pump the brakes and see what you really think about the team kind of moment, right? right? Let's roll. Every guy listening to me is laughing at the guy that matures early in high school or junior high or 10 or 12 years old. And he has like a mustache at 12. And then you see him 10 years later and he's never grown. First of all, that's true. I know that guy. That's totally and true. And I tell my kids about him too. I'm Don't still, worry if people I'm, like you in grade school. I'm still on board at this right, point. Okay. All right. When you're a foot taller. <laughs> I'm not going to call out the guy in my league. He's a nice guy. I went to college with him. But that's this is what Notre Dame is. Notre Dame's got a senior-dominated team on the offensive line. Senior dominated team on, on the, the offensive, offensive line. line. Right. Less than 50% of their offensive line is seniors. I just don't understand his point about their seniors. I mean, lots of teams have a senior-laden team that win the national championship. Yeah, so, like, so what's your point? Okay, we win the national championship and you move on and whatever team it is. I mean, that's okay, what's the point? Right, he's about to go into how they're right. peaking in their seventh game, well, and it's look, like, well, seniors right, would go. be the And opposite. they just run, and they're one-dimensional. They're more one-dimensional than I even thought. Now, I predicted they would blow out USC because USC, first of all, are they one-dimensional? They're not one-dimensional. 40% of your plays are passing plays. The, like, but the, it's not what's, 90. But what's the efficacy of those? That, I think that's the thing. They're, they're, listen, they're not that good of a passing team right now. However, their passing looked better against USC than it has in a long time. It, and when I say a long time, I mean this year. Secondly, Stefferson's back, who didn't really do anything in the NC game. Yeah. Stefferson's grab in this game was disgusting. Golden, I mean, it Golden was sick. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Yeah, that was a great catch. So while they are kind of one-dimensional now as far as the running, which I don't necessarily think is a bad thing, they're young in the passing game, right? Well, and let's Saturday's just, win did yeah, not prove right. Notre Dame belongs. It, Does it prove Notre Dame belongs? Does it prove it? I would say no, it doesn't prove it. I mean, it proves that we're playing really well and we beat a ranked team, but does it prove that we belong? I, I think we got to wait and well, see. Well, look, here's the thing. All that anybody can actually ask for is what you've done on the field this year. And when you slice it up, Notre Dame's only, again, I, you can pick this apart, but let's just take things at face value, straightforward. Notre Dame, 6-1. and one. They have one loss. They've lost to an undefeated team that's ranked, what, number three in the yeah. country? Yeah, but here's the thing. Up until this game, and this has been a knock that we've made on Brian Kelly in the past. His best win was almost beating Clemson. His best win was almost beating Florida State. His best win was going to the national championship. Don't mind the result, right? That's been a lot of his things. Now, I'm not saying the USC is the best team that they've ever beaten, because that may be Oklahoma 2012. But this is a team of consequence, at least at this point in the year, and Notre Dame absolutely stomped them. I second that motion. Does that mean they belong maybe in the top 10, top five? What does belong mean? It sure as hell lends evidence to support the theory that they do that they could belong. And where is especially based on where they came from, that's a nice step in the right direction. Absolutely. Yeah? Is Notre Dame a playoff team right now? No. Does Notre Dame deserve fully the I AP don't even ranking? Know, man. Do I they mean, fully deserve their AP ranking of nine? They, absolutely. Yeah, I absolutely. Think, I think they that's de fair. they let's, deserve let's, to be number let's nine. Let's go on. Proved USC needs to tweak their coaching staff. Which I don't think is false. I think USC does need some coaching. No, help. They, they have, yeah, that's and true. They got some injuries too, but they, I mean, they definitely got some things sure. to deal with. And I predicted Notre Dame would win, even though I also said they're a one dimensional team, but what they do, they do exceptionally well. But a lot of this is age and experience. Notre Dame 
is seniors all across the offensive line. And in this game, no excuse. Again, we're talking McGlinchey and Nelson. I think two. I think they're the two only out two of five, seniors. right? Now, but again, those we, guys are both all Americans. If he's saying that they're running, if his point was Notre Dame is only running the ball this well because they have two all Americans on their offensive line, I might. As I sort of alluded to earlier, I'm almost inclined to believe. I mean, not that Josh not, Adams isn't good, but I'm almost kind of inclined. That's to not believe. what he said. No, though. I know, but I'm saying if that was his point, I might almost be inclined to believe it. Right. And let's also let's let's uh, not forget to mention the fact that Brandon Wimbush is not old and experienced. Well, that's the thing. And that's, a lot of the rush yards this year for Notre Dame are on his feet, f- for sure. But and a lot of the touchdowns. But, but I mean, unless you completely morph into Navy, you can't. I mean, there's only so far you can go with that rushing attack. True. No, I mean, that's right? true. That's but true. USC was a banged up mess in their Which defensive front. Which is true. They were. And when they played Georgia earlier this year, and it was a close game, Georgia's full of young players. Georgia's ceiling is much higher. If they played Notre Dame today in Georgia, let's switch home fields. Georgia would win going away it, again. And here's the thing: they I, did play at Georgia. All right, so forget <laughs> that. Notre Dame is seven games in with Mike Elko and has done what they've done so far. They've allowed what one rushing touchdown. Yeah, it's so Notre so Notre Dame in in theory at least in the schematic system you know sense is is more immature than Georgia is. Yeah. And I I just counted I got on Georgia's depth chart they have uh, looks like eight juniors or seniors starting on offense and I think 10 on defense. So to say that they're a young team I would not be And accurate. here's the other thing. It, it, when you say well they've peaked out because they're they're got seniors on the offensive line well, let's look at the deficiency of this team. The deficiency of this team is the pass game on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah. Where you've got a quarterback in his seventh start and you've got receivers who are in their like their first or second year. Yeah. So if, as far as the ceiling and room for growth in the one department where they are lacking, that's where all the growth lies. Yeah. So if if they are one-dimensional and they do one thing and they do it extremely well, which is run the ball behind an experienced offensive line, Great. That's the bedrock of offensive football. Sure. So if you have that to lean back on and you have nowhere to go but up with a rookie quarterback and a bunch of young receivers, I don't think that's a negative, is it? No, not at all. JJ, thoughts? I agree. All right. Notre Dame. By the way, Ohio State would beat Notre Dame. Alabama would crush them. Penn State they would beat them. Wisconsin would beat them. Clemson. Uh, okay, okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You just started rattling off some teams there, and I was nodding. Ohio Al- State might beat them, probably would beat them. Uh, Ohio State uh, still Alabama stings. would crush everybody, I think. That's probably right. Yes. Penn State looks pretty good. That would be a close hey. game. That'd be a close. That'd be a close game. I'm not sold on Penn State. No, yet. I mean it would be. I mean it's. it's I'll say this. Uh, did you watch? When you watch them, their stadium is loud. It's really loud, and it's legit. Notre Dame did their best. Their Notre Dame did their darndest is what they did against USC. They was nice and loud. Penn State was rocking. That, that's a tough place to play. If Notre Dame played Penn State at Penn State, it, it, that's a tough out. That's a tough out. But here's the thing. Here's what I won't do and what I won't allow Colin Cowherd to do. Let's not act like uh, Alabama, Clemson, or who do you, Alabama, Ohio State, Penn State, and Wisconsin. Those four aren't. Yeah, no doubt. They're not no all doubt. drinking the same drink. Okay, Wisconsin does some really nice things, but that's that's too far. Notre Dame, this is an age thing. They have a senior-dominated offensive line, and if you're young or you're beat up, they don't do multiple things well. They really do one thing well. They're a running powerhouse. It, 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 that's true. However. Th- that is a true statement. Right now, Notre Dame, and it feels great to say, Notre Dame is a running powerhouse. RTDB. Hashtag RTDB. They are a running powerhouse. The difference is Navy's a running powerhouse. Navy will never do anything but that because Zach Aby can't throw a football. I mean, yeah, they got a pass here and there. They throw a touchdown for 18 yards because nobody's paying attention. But they can't develop that. They're not going to change who they are. Here's the thing that he's failing to mention. Notre Dame has actually now aligned themselves with something that looks very, very similar to the MO of Alabama. I'm not saying they're Alabama, but I'm saying we talked about earlier in this podcast, the play selection is starting to look exactly like what Alabama does, but you're not knocking them for being one-dimensional. It's about time somebody started paying attention. And they're one-dimensional like that, because though. all they do is have Eddie Lacy and Derrick Henry and on yeah. and on and on. So they're one-dimensional. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. But if you think Ohio State, Clemson, Alabama, Wisconsin, these teams are going to lose to a one-dimensional team that can't throw the ball down the field, you're out of your mind. 
Wasn't Georgia a one-dimensional team that couldn't throw the ball down the field? Yes. I mean... Absolutely. I mean, Georgia and us are pretty similar, I would say, I, overall. I mean, Fromm's okay, but it, what, that, I mean, that's what they did, right? And, They've and, got NFL linemen and NFL running backs, and that's what they do. Horny again. Brooks okay for Wisconsin, but it's not like they're Texas Tech either. I, I mean, here's the thing. It's not a knock to be a, a dominant run team, especially... Again, it would be different... If they had some chump QB and this was all they could uh, like, if this was all they could aspire to be, I would still be happy that the, the, the coach wasn't at least trying to chuck it around, which is what he's done the first seven years. I would at least be happy that they you know recognize, hey, this quarterback's not going to take us to the promised land with his arm. Let's just run the ball behind an experienced line. That's OK. But Notre Dame's got huge talent at QB and receiver that's untapped at this this, point. This might be unfair, kind of a pot shot, but let's look at Louisville last year. Is it fair to say, they weren't one-dimensional, but is it fair to say they were a one-player team? I mean, Lamar Jackson's this once-in-a-decade kind of guy, and you could go on this same kind of rant and be like, well, Louisville's nothing without Lamar. If Lamar Jackson gets hurt, Louisville's going to plummet out of the ranking. I'm talking about last year, not this year. Of course, of course. But while you have him, he just so happens to be a Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, and he makes you a contender. He's a young team with a new coach. Their ceiling is through the roof. Okay, so don't look at Georgia in September. And, and this defense, by the way, is pretty young, aren't they? Of course they are. Yeah, that's of what I'm saying. So he, I mean, he's up with a new coach. You guys have been there for three years. What? Uh, and judge Georgia in November and December. This is as good as Notre Dame's going to get. What you're watching now, that's as good as they're going to get. That's as good as we get is beating the number 13 te- or the number 11 team in the country by five touchdowns. I'll take it. Right? Yeah, he could be right about that. I mean, I'm, I I hope we blow everybody out the rest of the season, but that could be the best we play all year. You yeah. never know. It could yeah. be true. It's possible. I, I mean, anything's possible. But I don't think to say that they've peaked on the basis of having senior offensive linemen that just doesn't that just doesn't compute. No, of course, it's nonsense, but right? Here, let's let's here here's what's happening here, and this is where I think we can kind of deviate a little bit. What he's making is kind of a macro argument. He's making an argument about the fact that their coach is relatively new. And I think that there's a little bit of truth there in that you tend to see more improvement and ceiling, if you will, in the future when the coach has only been there for even if it's been two or three years. Yeah, but this is Brian Kelly 2.0's first year. He's only seven games in. So my question question (laughs) for this rant for a cowherd is, if you're talking about this year, I don't see Notre Dame playing a better game than that. I agree. I think they did peak, quote unquote. Well, in that if they game. go to a BCS, uh, if they go to a New Year Six or a playoff game, they're going to have to. But if you're talking about the program, I don't think you can say that they've peaked because even though Kelly is still around, they have two new coordinators. They have a lot of young players, so it is Kelly 2.0. If anything, Wisconsin's peaked. They're kind of at the max of what Wisconsin is, and they haven't really changed a lot of people. So they're only going to do what they're going to do, yeah. right? So my whole thing is: is this a macro thing or a season thing? If you want to talk this season, I think it's very, very hard for Notre Dame to duplicate that performance. I do. And how could they improve? Let's start it by that. Let's play devil's advocate. They can pass How could better. Notre Dame pr- improve? They and, can pass better. And how is that going to happen? Is it Wimbush just somebody lights a fire on him? Dropping dimes to Kevin Stefferson sure as hell is a decent start. I agree. ESB had a, had a snag too, But is he, he? going to get to the point where he's a true throwing threat by the end of this season? I mean, we're seven games He doesn't games have in. to be, but if, if, but if but he, he probably can... won't, right? So they are peaking. But, but listen, if they are... I mean, they're they're kind of one dimensional. NC State maybe maybe Miami. I don't know Stanford. There's not a whole lot of teams that probably have the firepower to stop Notre Dame's rushing attack. NC State's probably going to give them a hell of a look, don't you think? I absolutely think that NC State could give them a look, but I'm also a believer that the run should set up the pass always. And and if you can run the ball, it doesn't matter if he's not the best thrower in the world. You're going to have open deep guys. Not, I wouldn't say just like Navy, well, but they have to they have to respect your run, so they got to put eight in the box and get single coverage with. It. And this game was a prime example. Exactly of that. He right. Had two throwing touchdowns that were very logical. The guys were open when, because they, they had to respect. Yeah, the run. and they th- and they were That's throwing when they wanted to, not when they had to. Sure, and absolutely. and there may come a point where they have to throw, right? But if you force Notre Dame to have to throw, we saw what happened in that game. But so. how do how do you do that? What when, what when game? We, we have a Georgia? senior. They didn't. Ha- That's the. Thing that drives me insane. They did not have to throw in that Georgia game. Well, they had. They, the, they felt like they had. Well, to. they had. The coaching staff did. The defense held, and they had the. They had two possessions with a chance to score under and win. five minutes. Right. Yeah. Kick a field goal and win the game. Yeah. Twice, 
And they threw a bunch, and they went three and out. So they didn't have to throw there. Now, if it's a if you got a you're down by five and you got forty seconds left, you're gonna have to throw. Right. And we'll see what Wimbush can do under that. But I I don't know, man. We'll that's as good as off. that staff is. That's as good as that team is. Here's the <laughs> I can't even believe I'm defending Brian Kelly. This is such a this is such a bizarre feeling here. I know. I don't even know if I'm uh, gonna defend Kelly. Kelly is what he is. The best thing he can do is just stay the hell out of the way at this point. I yeah. mean, he's got this. I think the era thing is cool. I think the era thing is, it aids this season to, to be able to kind of lean on this this legacy of Era Parsegian, and we have no breaking point. And that you know that's cool uh, on a macro theme. The team's got something to rally behind. But let's talk about Chip Long and Mike Elko. These these guys have coached less than half. You know, these guys have coached half yeah, a this season. Is the most this staff they don't do. even have players. They they have not even signed their own players that they've recruited yet. So if you say this this is the ceiling for the staff, this may be the ceiling for Brian Kelly. Sure, he sure. may never get better than this as a head coach. But as long as he stays the hell out of the offense and Chip Long and Mike Elko can continue to grow, this staff has a huge upside, which you haven't felt like in a while. And that's the main point that you just made that I was going to make was this is the first year under Brian Kelly's tenure that I personally believe in my heart in watching the games that he is not calling the plays. Every single year, the offense felt the same. Pass when we got down. And this year feels different on the offense. And I don't care what anybody says. I will never be convinced. He always had the, the little play sheet on the side cover his mouth up. He's not doing that this year. He seems calm on the sidelines. And I think one of the biggest changes this year, in my opinion, is that Brian Kelly has finally delegated, hired really smart people and got that frick out of the way. And if, I agree. And, and if Chip that, Long and, and also if, looks and if, like. And if that's what Brian Kelly 2.0, if, if ultimately that's what Brian Kelly 2.0 comes out to be. Maybe he's a kinder, gentler guy on the sideline. Maybe he's still fiery. Maybe he cusses. Maybe I don't give a shit, you know? I don't think but that if matters. He, but if he can, and I don't, it doesn't. But if he can stay out of the way of his, of his assistance instead of, you know, bringing in a guy like Mike Sanford, which I don't know the true story behind that, but let's say Mike Sanford had this huge idea of what he was going to do, and then he got basically relegated to doing footwork drills with Deshaun Kaiser That's or something. Happened. That's what happened. He's probably like, I mean, you know, this is, this is not what I thought I was signing up for, and now you got a guy like Chip Long who's like, hey, look, man, you're driving the car, you know? I'm just filling it up with gas for you, you know? And and in, in that situation, if that's what Brian Kelly 2.0 is, this staff does have upside. And here's, here's why I believe that. I watched a lot of Stanford's games when he was at Boise State before he came here, and our offense did not look like that Boise State offense. On the other hand, I watched Memphis's games, probably six of them last year before the season started, and our offense looks a heck of a lot like Memphis's offense. I yeah, and again, I mean, just watch the guy in his demeanor. I really don't think he's the kind of guy that's going to be like, oh, you brought me on, you gave me a nice salary, and you don't want me to do anything. He just doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. Let's, so let's it's finish fair this. to say this this staff is only beginning to gel. I, I, think that's I agree, fair to say. and it looks great. Let's finish this Cowherd thing off, and then we'll give Cousin JJ a few minutes to talk about the talent of NC State. That's as Ooh. good as that offensive line is going to be at the college That's level. That's true. They have topped out. The offensive line maybe is it. Okay. Okay, yet again. You're, the best your offensive line is going to be is top five, guys. Deal with it. You're okay. playing the number 11 team in the country. You, you're you averaging 300 rush yards a game. What, what else do yeah, you that, want? That part's fine. And he may be, they, the offensive line may have peaked, but you know what? We've been told that this was one of the best offensive lines. We've been told that for the last four years, and it never looks like it. Ronnie Stanley, Nick Martin, Zach Martin, NFL guys left and right. They, no, Harry Heastan, he gets whoever he wants. Every year we're told how awesome the line is, yeah. and it never materializes. It really if looks we like finally it. peaked with a couple All Americans and it's a top five offensive line in the nation, if that's what the mountaintop is, sign me up. Hey, listen, I'm yeah, making right. camp. Right. I'm, I'm 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 cooking beans like a hobo over Absolute. a damn fire here in about five minutes, and I plan on staying for a while. Go to the screenshot of Adams' long run. If this entire offensive line can render every single defender useless within 0.4 seconds, <laughs> and Josh Adams is running off into the sunset like some sort of cowboy movie. <laughs> Oh, we've peaked. Okay, great. You know, kill me now. That's fine. I peaking is peaking is great. Okay, you know when we didn't peak, two thousand seven. So yeah, I agree. Sign me up. But Penn State hasn't, and Georgia hasn't, and and I don't think Ohio State with that young secondary, young receivers hasn't. What else are they going to do? young up front. Their ceilings are much higher than Notre Dame. This is not a shot at Notre Dame. Yeah, it it's is. Not, yes, it is. But it's a senior-dominated offensive line in a sport with a lot of 19-year-olds. Oh. And what you're watching from Notre Dame, like, this is their ceiling. Run first, run second. 
They've got nine touchdown passes all year, and they haven't even played the toughest part of their schedule. They've, they've got 2,300 yards rushing. This is what they do. This is all they do over and over and over. Here, all right, that, that's it. There's 10 seconds left. Here's the thing about it for me. For all the teams Notre has played over the years where they should have just been able to run over him and not even throw a pass the entire game, if you just want to completely dismantle and humiliate somebody like Miami of Ohio, you just hand it off 40 times, you run for 515 yards, and you call it a day, and they've never done it. So when when Brian Kelly 2.0, Chip Kelly, Harry Heastan, this offensive, when they finally give – fans what they've been clamoring for because this is a program and a school and a culture thing to me you might be winning but if you're not winning the way that you want to win if it doesn't look like how people expect your culture of your team it's hard for them to embrace it Barry Alvarez uh Bielema Chris they 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 have a specific identity at at Wisconsin and they play Wisconsin football and it looks like what their fans want and they embrace it you know, if you've if you've got this whip it around spread Texas Tech shit, Notre Dame fans don't embrace that. Right. They don't right. want that. Hashtag RTB has a life of its own because that's what people want. Run the ball. Stop the run. That's exactly what they're doing this year. It's exactly what Notre Dame fans want to see the football program embody as a culture. They're running over teams that suck and they're running relentlessly. That's exactly what we want as fans. And if that's a negative in Coward's eyes, I don't get it. Yeah. Because the cool thing about and they may never develop the pass attack, and they may be one-dimensional, and they may lose three of the next five games. I don't know. But I think that the growth with Wimbush and St. Brown and Stefferson and all the other guys that are on that roster – at receiver, I, there's a lot of upside there. Well, and they do. They certainly have the option. I think that Notre Dame is. And this might be like hyperbole, but I think Notre Dame's at the point where they can send an email to NC State and be like, "Hey, guys, next week we're going to run it 40 times and we're going to pass it 10 times." And I don't think NC State has any more of an advantage if they actually tell them that that they're going to do that. NC State's watching the film. They saw Notre Dame run 377 yards against USC. Are they worried that Notre Dame's going to flip over to some sort of creative passing game? Yep. Everybody in the stadium knows this is what's going to happen. As a tiny side note for Cowherd, to say Penn State hasn't peaked, look, Penn State beat Michigan. It was a very, very similar game. They were at home. They beat a team that was ranked in the teens that was maybe a little bit of an imposter. What Penn State did against Michigan is very, very similar to what Notre Dame did against USC. And to say that they haven't peaked, why? Because James Franklin hasn't been there as long as Brian Kelly's been at Notre Dame, that's irrelevant. It's completely irrelevant. So, as we said before, you can't say that they've peaked when these guys have literally coached seven football games together. And these coordinators, it's not just the fact that we have new coordinators. As Cousin it's, JJ it's mentioned the before, fact that Kelly's letting him coach. Nobody can deny <laughs> these guys have done more and they've been delegated more than anybody has been under Brian Kelly. That is Kelly 2.0. It's not kindly forget all that. He is he has given power the, to his Brian Kelly 2.0 is actually having two coordinators doing their actual earning their paychecks. Yeah. Yeah. And look how beautiful it or is. Or at least when, when Va- Kelly may have kept his hands out of the defense when Van Gorder there, but he had a complete tit running it. Yeah. And Elko is capable and now, competent. Now, all that stuff said, let's set up Cousin JJ here. Just because we smoked USC, that doesn't mean we're just going to run roughshod over the rest of the season this year. Notre Dame's just going to waltz their way into the playoff. I know that Cousin JJ doesn't believe that, even though this game was one of the most fantastical, wonderful, this amazing This was the most things. impressive game Cousin JJ's ever seen in he's, the Brian Kelly he's era. He's ever seen. But don't tell me you're ready to you're ready to believe that Notre Dame is just going to walk through the rest of the season and go to the playoffs. No, absolutely not. I'm, I'm a believer in coaching winning percentage. Uh, for the rest of the year, we only face two more coaches who I think are, quote-unquote, better than Brian Kelly in the winning percentage uh, column, which would be Mark Rick at Miami and David Shaw at Stanford. Uh, that being said, our talent is 11th. Miami's is 19th four-year recruiting talent per 24-7, and Stanford is 26. So we do have more talent. Uh, if you look at NC State this week, it's uh, they're they're they don't have a lot of talent, man. I mean, 44th four-year average. Would you guys have guessed that it was that low? 44th, I and mean, that's 
That's no. not, not. I think NC State is an overachieving kind of football team, don't you think? I mean, UNC is his 30th. Here's, I mean, here's NC suspended. State is a team that's playing. Here, here's the thing about NC bigger State: than they are is that they're in the South, where all the great defensive linemen are. So, if you've got great defensive linemen, you can do something. And then on the coaching side of it, I mean, I consider Brian Kelly's. Uh, Record at our school extremely mediocre. He's sixty six point seven percent winning percentage. Uh, Dave Doran at NC State is fifty two point six, which is even worse. So uh, there's no reason that we should lose this game this week. It shouldn't even be a game, frankly. Uh, but we've seen that NC State's kind of on a roll and playing above the rim on some of their numbers, talent wise and coaching wise this year. Uh, so I don't know. I'm, I'm optimistic. I think ND wins the game, but it should be a fun one to watch. If it rains, are you just going to uh, shut it off and not even? Well, I'm I'm confident at least this year that Chip Long won't won't um, pass the ball 80 percent of the time in a hurricane. I'm, Hurricanes I'm pu- can't happen in South Bend, right? Like I feel like that's true, but I just want to double check that can't happen. <laughs> I thought God was a USC fan for a few years there. Let, let me reverse. Let me reverse to something I said earlier. I think it's very very interesting that Notre Dame. I don't want to say that they have to win the turnover margin to win the football game. I mean, look, Notre Dame's three touchdown or I'm sorry, three turnover margin didn't really matter against USC. They beat them by five touchdowns it was absurd however nc state is one of the best teams in the entire united states of america protecting the football and i think it's very very interesting if notre dame can produce any turnovers against NC State. well how state. do they look in yard points that's the real question i don't know about yard points i just know that this team is really really good at protecting the football <laughs> don't look at me that's like gonna that play an element. my point <laughs> is and has been and i've never said that yards are the only thing that matters go back and play the tapes my point has been which cousin martin conceded today was that the spread between scoring defense and yards allowed per game, that gap in the ranking will close one way or another. Rather, down or up, it's going to close. And what is it? Last week it was like 44th and, and 10th. They've slightly improved. Well, so slightly. That, that gap's going to close. And hopefully it closes closer to 10th. That's and, the only thing I've ever said about yards. And I will say that no team currently sporting the gap that Notre Dame has has ever really finished in like the top five in the country. So they need to close that. They did beat USC in terms of total yards, but they need to allow less yards because if the turnovers don't happen, Here, and this is a great way to Part of me it. wonders, though, if teams allow less yards because they possess the ball. So long. I mean, is Notre Dame always going to allow more yards when they're scoring in 18 seconds on 50 yard runs? Yeah, I mean, is this is this a yard points podcast now? No, I need to shut this down. You're going to start a new one. We're going to start a new one. It's going to be called the Yard Point Podcast. What my brother just said could be true. You're listening to the Yard Point Podcast, brought to you by Cousin JJ's blog. That could be true that Notre Dame (laughs) possesses the ball so shortly that the other team get gains more yards. But I'm here to tell you, you could start like this alternate Vegas. Like betting, and where you don't bet on point spreads, you bet on yards, yard yard spreads. Like what team? What team? You know, like a CD under market. Clemson. You're basically Bitcoin. Clemson is favored by 220 yards over Louisville. I'm a I'm a a Bitcoin (laughs) advocate. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. Cryptocurrency, baby. I'm into into Ether, Litecoin. Come on, guys. Oh my gosh, stop it. I am cousin JJ. All right, that's my final point on on (laughs) NC State here. Watch out for turnover margin. Okay. Pro tip: Better watch out for turnover margin. That's what I got for NC State. All and, right, and pray for pray for a sunny uh, sunny sky. J- cousin, you really think that's the best best game Brian Kelly's ever coached ever? I, I don't Dame? know about ever, but at Notre Dame, absolutely. Name one that's better. Name one single game where he came out and just beat a team, uh, beat them like a fat kid in dodgeball, just beat them like that. I mean, just beat them so bad. Miami, Ohio. No, a ranked team, a ranked team with top uh, ten talent. That's true. A ranked team with top ten talent. When's the last time Brian Kelly has come out and beat a team with top ten talent? A, a decent coach just whipped them like that. Michigan? Didn't mm, they beat Michigan? I don't think Michigan. Not like was that. that they good. didn't. Music City Bowl. They didn't really. They didn't pistol whip they didn't, LSU no, like no, they did on nothing USC. like. No, they won no. that game by like ten I mean, points. I've no, looked. Was, I scoured the schedule. It was the last minute. Yeah, the field goal. Field goal at the last minute. Absolutely. Yeah, right. So, but they. But it wasn't that close. Oh man! What well, was Michigan? It was thirty-one to zero, thirty-seven, right? That was a legit team. It was Michigan. That wasn't a legit. It might be a contender. Michigan's not. Michigan's not even a legit program, and neither is USC at this point. Fuck the Trojans. That's all I gotta say. We'll Perfect. Put a, we'll get a bleep in there right at the end. Bleep. Notre Dame is victorious, forty-nine to fourteen. In my mind, that uh, that erases the 24, uh, 2014 debacle of the same score. Cousin so, JJ is op- cautiously optimistic. I'm Chip, super excited. Chip Long and uh, Chip Long and, and Mike Elko just uh, just bailed BVG out in my mind. 
Hey, if we've peaked, says Mr. Cowherd, what else can we ask for at this point in the season? What else could you ask for? You beat your perennial ranked rival they, what, by five touchdowns. What I the, think Notre Dame's peaked. How many, I don't care. How many games do they have left? They have five games left. What if they did peak and they end like eight and five? What if they end eight and five? That's what I've been trying to say on this, this whole is podcast. The section what, at this point. What if they end eight and five? Oh my gosh, Coach Osinka. We are back in a very dark place, people. Oh my gosh. I've said what, that. What if this podcast is peaked? What if what if this podcast what? just peaked today? Listen, listen to me. The hype train just peaked. Listen, First of all, it peaked before let Cousin me JJ ever got <laughs> in hey, here. Listen to me. Listen to me, Cousin JJ. It's very. It's way more likely. It's way more probable that we end eight and five than we end eleven and one. And I'm. I hope that doesn't well, happen. It's more probable that that happens. I'm though. glad that you said that because this is the last page of stats that I have here. That's so ba- let's keep you're, going. You're I, basing on history. I, no, I listen. I pulled the uh, advanced stats. I got the win loss probability right here. The probability of five loss season is three percent. The probability of a one loss season is twelve percent. So there's actually a greater chance that Notre Dame runs the table than they end with five losses. But neither sounds very likely. Four losses has a 15% chance. Three losses has 35%. And two losses has 35%. So there's basically a 70% chance that Notre Dame finishes the season with two or so three let's losses. So re- let's revise predictions and, and wrap I'll, up. And I'll go one step further. They have the game uh, game win probabilities listed on their site as well. Notre Dame has 74% chance of beating NC State, 79% chance beating Wake Forest, 46% chance of beating Miami. So that's the one game left on the schedule where they are not favored based on S&P Plus. Advanced statistics, the 46% chance against Miami, 86% chance of beating Navy, and a 54% win probability against Stanford. So Stanford and Miami are basically coin flips in the advanced statistics realm at the moment, which would put them at two or three losses, Yeah, basically. Do you guys need to revise your predictions as we wrap up here for we, record? We, Martin, Martin and Cousin JJ said 7-5. and five. I don't see how that happens looking at talent and coaching winning percentage and how we're playing right now. So ah, if you're asking me right now what my knee-jerk, what I think will go based on the numbers, just straight numbers which and stats, which you know I love, I would say 9-3 and three looks pretty realistic for me right now. I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic. I think Notre Dame's going to lose one more. I think I'm going 10 and 2. I, you know, I said and that's a far move from where I started. I said 9 and 4. The way things I mean, look, Notre Dame is playing well enough, is talented uh enough and assistant coaches look qualified enough for them to run the table. And I don't know if that'll happen or not. They did look a little susceptible to I agree with that. Cousin they did, JJ agrees. Yeah, they do they did look a little susceptible to passing against USC if Miami has is, is We've looked susceptible all year yeah, to passing. They, they have. I mean, I mean that's us. kind of the one area where maybe and 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 just straight up the gut runs at times, but really the pass defense eh, maybe is a little suspect on occasion. Sometimes it looks real good. Watkins had a tremendous interception. You know, Crawford's I mean, so they do some nice things but they also give up some big plays so Miami maybe is able to exploit that we'll see if they played someone like Oklahoma State in a bowl game I wouldn't feel super hot about that you know just a, like a, a massive passing attack but they're I mean they're Sagarin ranks them higher than everybody remaining on their schedule the talent is better than everybody on their schedule their coach win percentage is only better by uh, Miami and Stanford which is what the win probability say are the only two and those are still around 50 50 games right so you know it, it's it's very possible but you know if they lose a couple then they don't prepare well in a bowl game which sometimes they don't a la Fiesta Bowl. Um, I think nine and four is still feasible, which is what I. But I would feel bad about a nine and four. I mean, I think that would be a gross underachievement at this point. Well, which course. is funny because when I said it originally, everybody's like, "God, with tightness, why are you so optimistic?" <laughs> you know what a difference a few weeks makes. Here's the thing: I think that Notre Dame just saw one of the best passing teams they were going to see. I'm not entirely sure that Dude, Miami's going to be better than. Mm, I know that everybody's high on Darnold and everybody's sick he of hearing about like, it. He looked like. I get it, and but we were getting through like crazy. We haven't penetrated a team. But that's part of it too. Like is that, I mean, so they're offensive. They're both their lines are garbage, I agree, man. But, I mean, but, they are. But what's left on the schedule is there really another team that just I'm talking about traditionally set up to be a better passing team than USC? I mean, Miami, really? Okay, we'll, well see. Well, it's not Navy. We know that exactly, exactly. And that's the it's probably not Wake Forest either. Hey, appreciate y'all listening to the Sunshine and Rainbow edition of Indie Fan Radio on One Foot Down, the One Foot Down podcast. Cousin JJ's hashtag Yard Points podcast will be coming out next week. 
I hate both of you. Thanks for listening. <laughs>